This is Rowena Dooley asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. And greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back today, July the 2nd, Colossal, second day of July 2023. We're halfway through the year. How are you, my friend? I'm welcoming Colossal here. How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic. Happy July to you, and happy 4th of July to everyone for the 4th of July celebrating American independence and independence for everyone. So have a wonderful, safe week, and be safe out there, everybody, because there's a lot of crazy people out in the world. But enjoy your independence. <laughs> it's a lot, of crazy, a lot of crazy people in here, too. So, <laughs> no, it's good to see you, man. Um, we also have joining us Cal Roddy. Cal Roddy is still working, so he is on with us. He's just stepped away because he's trying to finish up some work. That really is something to me. He has to work on Sundays a lot of times that they pull him. So, you know, he definitely wants to be on with us. So we're going to have him on in just a second. But um, today we are back with a, a show titled Station to Station. And as you saw, Colossal, I don't know. Did you watch ISC or was that the first time you saw the video when we just showed it now? No, of, this, uh, is actually, or, oh. this is third. Yeah. Okay. I've so you've seen it. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So now you've it been legendary. Okay. Now you've been around. <laughs> you've been around for a while. We're gonna be talking about space stations, but real quick, any reflections? Oh wow! Somebody's already subscribing. Thank you so much for that sub. I didn't see who it was. Oh, Thrakazog. Faithful, old faithful, Thrakazog. <laughs> Thank you, Thrakazog. Thanks for that. For that community sub as a gift. Thank you. Um. Uh, let me ask you this, Colossal. You've been around a long time like me. What does it mean to you? I'm not trying to get all sentimental, but what does it mean to you when you see Port O is going to, I'm not going to say go away, but what I'm going to say is that it's going to change, right? I mean, it was like the birthplace of us launching into the Star Citizen universe and the PU. What, what are your feelings about, uh, you know, its usefulness, what it's been all this time? Usefulness? 
it's outlived its usefulness. It's past the twilight years. Yeah, it's a it's a ADT. It's about that time. So I, I mean, it's, okay. it's just it's, it's Portland. Saw, I mean, well, as far as those of us have been in the game for a long time. I mean, Port Osa was the main hub. You know, mm -hmm. at one point, it was the largest station in Stanton at mm -hmm. one point, mm -hmm. you know, before they started putting in the other stations like a Port Tressler yeah. and things like that and so forth. Um, it was so, our only spawning point, right? At one point, I mean, that's where you came in was Port O back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's where mm -hmm. you came in. It's, it's almost like it was home, you know, yeah. for, for a lot of us. Yeah. But, you know, when as the game evolves, um, so did Port Olisar not evolve. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's just, I, I love the way how CIG was able to um, finally tell us that this is what their plans for Port Olisar was in, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Hey, listen, I want to do a quick shout out. Cal Roddy's here now. Cal Roddy, how are you, my friend? I am good. I am good. Happy to be here. Sorry for the late arrival. But no, hey. that's okay. We know you're doing the you're doing the do. I, I wanted to uh, first of all say hi. Welcome, uh, Cal Roddy, y'all, because he's here. But I want to give a shout out to somebody in particular. I know I'm not trying to embarrass him, but I want to give a shout out to Stoutman. You guys check him out. I just put a shout out to him. You all follow Stoutman. Stoutman is one of the OGs when it comes to. Uh, content creators for Star Citizen. I remember when I was first learning about oh, the yeah. game and I was working the midnight shift and he didn't know who I was. <laughs> I think I scared him actually when I first met him. But I watched this man for like two, three years working the night shift. That was a way for me to pass time. And he would be on streaming Star Citizen when very few people were doing it. Uh, in fact, I remember, Stop, man, you might even remember this. You used to make the little dashboard bobbleheads. This is way before anybody else was doing that stuff. And he would have his whole dashboard on his freelancer or whatever decked out with these bobbleheads. But I remember Colossal meeting him in 2016. And you know how it is, like, when you watch somebody on screen for a while, you actually, like, feel like you know them? Mm -hmm. So I walked That's up to true. him like as if I knew this guy, you know what I mean? And he looked at me like, who the heck are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and I had to kind of connect, and, you know, you feel kind of funny because it's like, you know, I watch you every night, man. I, I, and he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he was being nice. You know, he probably didn't remember who I was. But I, I used to, you know, text him in the game and everything. But it was so cool to meet him. And it's so great to see that you're still out there, Stout Man. Uh, so shout outs to you, man. You're one of the people that inspired a lot of us in star citizen so i got you said he knew me once he saw my screen name well that's good um <laughs> which was great you know but uh you know i don't want to embarrass them but i really do want to pay homage to these guys that inspired a lot of us to play the game stay in the game and back then i never thought i'd be streaming the game so hats off to you buddy and thanks for stopping by we've had him on the show before but haven't seen him in a bit so i'm glad to see him um Cal Roddy, we opened up. I don't know if you did you see the opening or did you did you miss it? I did. Okay. I did. And I, I was did, get, yeah. I was getting I was getting some feelings about the whole idea of Port O, uh, as we called it yesterday on the show. Port O has got to go. But we you know what what are your feelings about? You got any warm feelings? Are you happy to see the transition? What are you thinking? We human beings always love destruction, man. When it comes to any end, <laughs> so I for one really hope that when they do pay proper homage to um, to Port Olisar, it goes out in the bang. Um, but of course, I totally understand that um, they you know, decided to go that route for now. Mm -hmm. um, but I do look forward to, I do remember when I first saw that video in ATV. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that may have been one of the hints, one of the inspirations for people thinking, okay, this is how Port Olaf is probably going to go out. Who knows, there could be a vandal invasion, some kind of game event. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like it would be nice 
um, one, when they do have the resources and who knows when, when that, when that comes, yeah. uh, you know, for that kind of event to actually happen. I yeah. mean, it, it could be like a, a destructive thing. It could be something else. Who knows? It could be, um, different mission, um, decisions or mission routes. Yeah. Uh, so different people can see it go in different ways, but the end is still the same. Yeah. Um, depending on what mission or what charge you're in, who knows, but it would be cool, um, to see it end. Um, in a proper way. Yeah. I'm curious. I know there have been people who've been wanting some type of in-game something to make it happen. You know what the problem with that is, though, is that there'll be some people awake and somebody in bed and they'll miss out <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? That's the, yeah, I mean, if it's yeah. in real time, you know what I mean? If it's in real time, you know, maybe they will allow it to have just what we saw in the video, something like a slow decay into orbit, right? Where the thing yeah. actually starts to go down and you can still get on it, but that sucker's on its way down. You know, something, I don't yeah. know, but, you know, for everybody to be able to witness something happening of course it would be great if there was an npc van dual ship that did what the video did and just mm. but again they're gonna be people sleep you know probably be me with my luck you know people in the uk will see it now miss it you know i would like to challenge the community if that happens you know if that happens mm -hmm. everybody go ahead and get their get ships up. and line up and one tell, or them, two tell them to get up right tell <laughs> them to wake up set your alarm right. clock right start, start throwing off flares when it does go someplace someplace yeah uh, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. it'll blow up it'll, it'll break the system it might break the server you yeah, never know there you go yeah, uh, something something similar. Um, uh, I think Epic Games had a challenge uh, to do this in Fortnite. It was at the end of some kind of world or so many yeah. many years ago. This was before pandemic, mm -hmm. so like five or so years ago. And I think the event lasted for I think the entire day or twelve hours. So even if you weren't able to actually see the very end, mm -hmm. you you still had a chance. Depending what, no matter what times when you were in to at least tune in and log into the game mm -hmm. and witness some part of the event. So like you said, Griff, it could be a long-winded thing. We may not, depending on what time zone we're in, may not get to actually see the end or yeah. the beginning, but at least we'll be able to experience the the journey from, you know, from the start of the destruction or the start of the end or beginning of the end to the actual to end. The end. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be cool. I don't even throw any salt wounds or any injuries or anything, but but did, didn't they do something like that with Star Wars Galaxy Griff when it ended? They didn't know they, they, they what they did. their Vader, uh, you know, they uh, ran, Yeah, well, they did a whole thing at the end where they told yeah. everybody. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, Exilium. Thank you for the, the 100 bits. Really appreciate that. And Vengeful, good to see you. Thank you for that resub for 31 months. We appreciate that. We're on a hype train. Thank you guys. You guys are kicking us off good. Yeah, remember they did a big celebration at the end, like you said, Colossal, where the people were firing off fireworks, they were flying their ships around, and people just kind of hung out like for a whole freaking 12 hours as Star Wars Galaxy's servers uh, start to shut down. It was, a, it, there's actually stuff on YouTube of watching it. It's pretty cool to see. Um, for me, Port O, and I know guys, our subject is going to be station to station. We'll talk about that description in a second, but I do want to say this about Porto. Porto was the launching point for us uh, getting out of Arena Commander. It was the place where everybody spawned. You ran down the stairs. Eventually, you learned how to jump through that little window so you didn't have to run down all the stairs. Um, you got your ship. Uh, some of the memories I remember was when places like Grimhex came into play. Some people tried to take that route all the way from Porto to Grimhex without using Quantum. Uh, I remember when uh, the Starfarer came into the game, someone would spawn their Starfarer at uh, Port O and it would shut the whole server down, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And of course, in later days, uh, Colossal, to your point, uh, Port O became more nefarious because of things like pad ramming. <laughs> 
but that has kind of changed for a little bit too. Um, I remember someone got to use, uh, or it was three people mm -hmm. um, in the two point X days. Mm -hmm. Two people, or two or three people, got to actually use their their rifles in the station. Oh yeah. So, uh, there other people trying to figure out how to how use to do it, it so that they can combat them. Absolutely. And it was it was a scene. It was. It was crazy. Stout man, thank you so much for that sub. We really appreciate that. And you guys don't forget to follow Stout man. All right, follow Stout man. Okay, so let's jump into it, guys. Um, we want to open up a little fun aspect about, you know, the thing with Port O going, but we want to talk about today's Station to Station and the importance of space stations in Star Citizen. Now, this is going to be kind of a combination of what CIG has shared, uh, what CIG has implied, and also we're going to talk about things that we want to see happen in relation to the stations. Um, Kalradi, when we opened up, when you were gone, I was telling Colossal, uh, before we got the show going that there's a lot of conversations about like oh this is what i'm going to do when i get in my ship right or there's a lot of statements about this is what i'm going to do when i build my base uh but one of the things you don't hear too many people talking about is station life right um and the idea that state stations will be more than just places where you get gas or grab a hot dog but CIG seems to be wanting to build stations out into something a little bit more. And I think we first saw the first hints with that, like with the cargo deck. Um, but when they showed us this new revamping of Port O, we saw it even more expanded. And we're going to get into that conversation. So I'm going to kind of migrate into that. Uh, I do want to once again reemphasize the fact that we are doing a charity fundraiser for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, today, we're going to be doing a giveaway. Why? Because as our show ended last week, you guys hit our next milestone. Our first milestone was $500. Within three weeks, you guys got us to $1,000. Uh, and that's great. We're, our goal is $10,000. And so we gave away our first giveaway at 500. This week, we're gonna be giving away what we call a Chairman's Club package. Uh, for those of you who are not concierge, a Chairman's Club package are items that you can only get if you're in the Chairman's Club or concierge. Uh, we're gonna be giving away the Chairman's Club bag, the Chairman's Club shirt, the Chairman Club's keychain, Chairman Club hat, if I'm not mistaken. And that's all going to go to a, a single winner today. So you guys hang around to the end of the show because that's where that's going to come up. Uh, and you'll be able to, we'll give you the information for how you get into the giveaway for it. But we really want to thank those of you who've already given. If you've given already, let somebody else know about what we're doing here with the fundraising for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Turn them on to civil citizens. And uh, we got some time for that. So we're going to do that. All right. And we'll show a little promo later too. Okay. Uh, Just so you'll know, also, yeah. um, all player haters uh, wear some aspect of the chairman package. So if you do decide to win it, um, you know, you will be honorary player hater. Honor, so, honorary player yeah. hater. Okay, put them in the player haters club. All right, well, that we actually should start like a player haters club. That would be interesting to see whether oh, yeah. or not we could get uh, some player haters going. All right. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. Okay, let's talk about um, this whole thing with station to station. Um, we're going to show you guys some videos. Some of these videos that we're going to be showing you guys are actually real world videos. Uh, and we're not doing this for comparison's sake, but we are doing it to talk about what life on a station is really like. So we found some footage, uh, from NASA dealing with the international space station. And we want to show you just some clips every once in a while. We're going to take a break and talk about them, but we've already talked a little bit about port O, uh, before we get into grim hex, cause we're going to talk about grim hex next. Uh, but, uh, Colossal, if you don't mind, would you read that description for Port Olisar? And then, uh, we'll talk about that. Then we'll jump into Grim Hex. Port Olisar. 
Port Olisar, let's see, located in uh, the trade lanes above Crusader, Port Olisar offer, uh, offers a breathtaking view of the gas giant below, owned and operated by Crusader Industries. Port Olisar acts as a gateway to companies' vast planetary holdings and orbital shipyards. The station hosts a spaceport for calling ships to the pads, an administration deck for deliveries and a variety of shops, stocking clothes, uh, stocking clothes, weapons, ship components, and armor. So I'm going to destroy. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <clears throat> um, you know, for Port O being where it is, Colossal, I'll go to you first. Uh, now here, Cal, Cal Roddy. What are the negatives about Port O, the way its design is now, in relation to it being the orbital station for Crusader, for Orison, you see, what are some reasons why you think they definitely need to, as you put it, it needs to be redone, revamped? Well, now you don't have any types of medical facilities there. That's probably the number one reason. You can't, um, I mean, as soon as you get off the ship, you have to just, there's no, there's really no beds there, honestly, unless mm -hmm. you're going to get just, you know, that type of facility that you see over there at Orison or even at Grimheads. Grimheads has a medical facility. Mm -hmm. Port Olisar does, does not. Before Grimheads came out, Port Olisar was just the place to be. Yeah. Now Grimheads came out, Grimheads has had a rework, Grimheads has a medical facility, Port Olisar doesn't. You have to jump from uh, pad and strut strut. There mm. is no, you know, there is no uh, corridor that leads you to the next area. And a lot of times when we all joined in, and when we first joined in the game, it was like, Griff, where are you at? I'm at strut D. Well, Karate, where are you at? I'm at strut A. Mm. So now you got to go ahead and jump between strut, struts, EVA out or things like that. And let, so forth. Let, me, let me cut you off there mm -hmm. because for folks who weren't around back in the day, thank you, Will C, for that sub. Thank you for that prime sub. Appreciate that. What Colossal's describing, because we don't do this now, when you used to spawn into Port Olisar, you could have spawned into any one of the four decks that were there, A, B, C, or D. You didn't, everybody didn't spawn into pawn A. So if all of us jumped in the game, I might've came in A, Colossal and B, Calrati and C. We're all gonna fly in, Cal, in Colossal's uh, Carrick. We, we didn't have Carricks back then. Let's say you're Connie. Me and Calrati would have to EVA from our pads over to where he was at to be able to get in his ship or what would you do, Colossal? You'd fly over to the pads and pick us up, right? That was the other right. alternative, right? Right. So y'all think I it think takes it, long to get started now. You should have been around back then, right? Absolutely. And I think, of course, obviously one of the biggest things, obviously, when they put the law system in was Pat Ramy, prior to putting the law system in. Yeah. They kind of mitigated that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that was the biggest thing. Um, nobody had a safe hanger yeah. versus a pad to go ahead and, and, and launch off of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cal Roddy, what about you? What do you see this, that's deficient at the current Port Olisar that based upon, you know, Crusader, based upon Orson, we definitely need, that it needs to be upgraded? So from what I recall, um, outside of Port Olisar, we only have three cargo decks. And that's not even enough for testing hull C gameplay, mm. right? We don't know. I mean, we are, let's assume that nothing really, really changes, and we only get to test scrap. At least Port Olisar will be able to offer an additional um, point mm -hmm. of interest for cargo, mm -hmm. um, especially for around Crusader. We don't know if they're going to, or what plans they have with regards to future cargo gameplay and economy gameplay. Yeah. Um, and having some point around Crusader space to be able to support that is extremely important because you're literally you literally, if they kept Port Olisar at least as the main hub for cargo, Crusader, 
you're cutting an entire planetary section off the sand and system map um you know for their future plans and i heard that in in, in the isc they also mentioned bounty hunter v2 gameplay yeah. um it makes me wonder you know how that actually is going to come in play because um correct me if i'm wrong i, I don't think they explained at least recently yeah, um, yeah they did the monthly report yeah they the did report yeah nope 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 think back really you saw it and i'll tell you what it was and you, as soon as i tell you you're going to remember oh, man. remember when they showed us the new way you're going to bring in prisoners oh yes yes okay i remember yeah mm -hmm. with the interiors and 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 the okay 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 mm -hmm. i remember now mm -hmm. so yeah okay so i guess they uh, they really really needed to replace it because i remember watching in another stream from another content creator um elliot um one, one of the mission designers he said that they needed to get put also out asap i don't know if it was because of a technical issue mm -hmm. or um a requirement but he said they had to get it out asap Yep. So for who knows why, but I guess for 320 or maybe um, sometime close after that, mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we will know why. Absolutely. Now, I do want to give some love to Cal Roddy because there, there is a new uh, spot uh, over there, the new Port Olisar or Seraphim. There's a bounty hunting uh, a bounty hunter <laughs> area and, and that's being built over there. So I just want to give a shout out to Cal Roddy on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm yeah, glad you're doing can, that. Man. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing that. And and, and and think about it, right? All of the state, all the orbital stations have that area. What we're, the area we're talking about, gang, is when we have um, uh, Invictus, where you see the javelins pull in. They said that is going to become the security area. So that's the UEE area. So when you're doing a bounty, when you want to deliver, thank you, Corinthian, when you want to drop off those bounty pods, that's where the jail cells and things like that will be. So there's another aspect of gameplay that's being introduced up at those areas. And I'm glad you mentioned about the cargo decks because that's the other thing that all the orbital stations have are being able to bring cargo. The area I'm going to focus in on, Colossal, is you can't dock your Carrick. You know what I'm saying? The bigger ships need to have the docking ports. And that's something that's been lacking where the bigger ships have only been able to come from landing zones. And if you guys saw the video, uh, for Seraphim Station, there are docking collars there for the bigger ships as well. So, and and I'm surprised you didn't go here on me, Colossal, because I was really thinking you were going to talk about the lore aspect of Crusaders with ship manufacturing, the importance of the larger hull Ds and Es and things like that, being able to make Port O their stop before going down to um, going down to Orison. Uh, so there's a lot of gameplay reasons, lore reasons uh, why Port O needs to upgrade. Let's take a quick look at something and then we'll talk about Grim Hex, okay? Let's uh, check this video. Hello, I'm Sunny Williams. I'm up here on the International Space Station. So this is Node 2. This is a really cool module. Um, of course, most of these modules, you'll see they have four sides uh, and they're put together. That way we could sort of work on a flat plane, either a wall, a floor, another wall, or the ceiling. But, you know, again, all you have to do is turn yourself and your reference changes. The reason I'm bringing that up is because this is where four out of six of us sleep. And so people always ask about sleeping in space. Do you lie down? Are you in a bed? Um, not really, because it doesn't matter. You don't really have the sensation of lying down. You just sit in your sleeping bag. So here's one sleep station right here. I'm going in right now. You can follow me if you want. So I'm inside. It's sort of like a little phone booth. 
um, but it's pretty comfy. I've got a sleeping bag right here that we sleep in so we don't have a, sort of like a little bit of a cover. We don't fly all over the place. Um, but you know, you can sleep in any orientation. I have it sleeping, feeling like I'm standing up right now, but like you saw, I'm on the floor, but it doesn't matter if I turn over and I sleep upside down. I can't have it, I don't have any sensation in my head that tells me that I'm upside down, so it really doesn't matter. The sleep station is also like a little office. We've got a computer in here. As you can see, we've got a couple little toys. I've got some books, I've got some clothes and other things that make it sort of like home. I'm coming out. And just for reference, that's one sleep station. This one's another right here. There's one on the ceiling, if you want to call it, right here. And then there's a fourth on the other wall over here. So all of us sleep in a little bit of a, a circle. All right, come on back. There's more to show you. Were you going to say Colossal? Were you going to say something Colossal? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Okay. I want to say something though. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I cannot imagine missing out the sensation of gravity pulling my butt down onto that bed versus <laughs> sleeping in zero G. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> sleeping in, 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 in full in one G uh -huh. is the most amazing thing because you can literally feel gravity just say, Hey, mm, come just here. Pull you you are mine now right? <laughs> onto that bed. I cannot picture the absence of that. Well, they, they haven't invented the Gravitron yet so that they can have gravity on the <laughs> ISS, okay? So that's what you got to do, you know? Um, yeah, I was I was actually sitting here thinking about, uh, there's a Fred Astaire movie where he dances around the room like that. And I'm saying, oh, they did that back in the 1950s. No big deal, you know? But uh, I thought it was pretty cool because life in the real world, you know, living on a space station uh, is definitely a little bit different than what we do in the game. But we do have habs and places that we have to sleep that are important to the game. Um Let's go ahead and check, talk a little bit about Grimhex. Uh, Calrati, if you don't mind, why don't you read that one? <clears throat> yeah, sure. So, Grimhex. Found within Gala's Ring, this station beca began as a green imperial housing exchange. Everline or Eveline structures incorporated, built it into a hollowed-out asteroid to provide affordable accommodation for miners. When jobs dried up, the station fell into disre disrepair and its main station was defaced to read Grim Hex. Ever since, the station became a haven for those looking to avoid the law and those with no other place to go. Free from the, free from the shackles of UEE regulation, the fearless will find unique trade and contract offerings, as well as the same repair, rearm, and refuel amenities found at other, more upstanding rest stops. Those who undertake contracts from the station's most infamous resident, Ruto, will likely need to take advantage of the provided easy habs to lay low for a while. Okay, Grimhex. Um, you know, when Grimhex got introduced, uh, when they first talked about it, it was kind of like, this is where all the bad people are going to go, right? When it first came yeah. out. <laughs> all the baddies. Yeah, all the bad people were going to go to Grimhex. In fact, uh, some of you guys may remember that even the weapons, when Grimhex got into full play, remember Colossal, they put certain weapons that were supposed to be the, I guess, more illegal and notorious weapons. You had to go to Grimhex to get them. And, yeah, you like, know, like the, yeah, like those, um, 
like the missile launchers, whatever you call them. I forgot what you call those things. Right, right. Um, and the armor. Were, all that connects. Yeah. yeah, the more villainous armor seemed to have the red eyes called, and all that, that stuff. That shoots that big old plasma gun. The real the, the real, guy. Yeah, the real yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. You had to go to Grim Hex to get that. Yeah. Now, you know, again, some of you guys, this is just refreshing. We know some of you guys were around back then, but there are a lot of players now who weren't around back in the day when Grim Hex was truly the wild, wild west. Cal Roddy, why don't you talk a little bit about when Grim Hex first got put in, there was some difficulty sometimes with getting into Grim Hex, right? Yeah, there's some, there were some difficulties getting out of that, um, that, uh, what do you call it, those doors. People <laughs> waiting to blow your head off. I remember those. I mean, I was, I was doing that too, but still, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those difficulties. Well, tell too. people, tell people specifically <laughs> yeah, what the yeah. difficulty was, because some people may not know. Yeah, sure. So inside Grim Hex, for those who didn't know that, you know, it was all armistice. You couldn't pull out uh, your weapons, couldn't draw, couldn't shoot anybody. But as soon as you went through those doors and you went into space, people will be there with those guns, or you can, you know, you can attack anybody. Right? Um, I don't, if I recall correctly, you couldn't fire ship weapons but you can use fps weapons you couldn't fire correctly. ship weapons if you were landed but if people were mm, up above you hovering okay. oh yeah if you tried to run oh, to your you ship <laughs> yeah it was, i remember uh, it was a hell hole in the basket you couldn't even get out you couldn't even, even get out even cig started getting into the game too because they placed two hammerheads if i recall two uee hammerheads and they were a little too close so if you had a crime stat, those UEE hammerheads will toast your ship. <laughs> so you couldn't you couldn't take off either because there were no hangers. Yeah. So they would spawn and yeah. you have to run. You have to time to make sure that the hammerheads were behind the asteroid. They couldn't attack your ship and then just race toward your ship and get off and fly as quickly yeah. as you can if you had a crime stat. Good, good, good. No, I was I was just contemplating. We were talking about lore earlier. This is why Crusader states. Okay, this is why Crusader states. <laughs> of all the areas in Staten, Crusader is the least uh, secured, <laughs> the least secured, right? Yeah, they have, they're part of the UEE, but they have no representation in the Senate. So <laughs> no taxation without representation, right? You run around here, you go to, you go to Yellow, and you got a freaking syndicate over there called Nine Tails. Yeah. Okay, and then every time you run around, you get shot up at PO mm -hmm. and you wonder where the hell is, is Crusader <laughs> Security? Where are they? Right? At least you go over to Hurston, and you won't have to worry about dealing with all that mess. Because the Hurston family got it on lock, all right? So I just want to let y'all know about the wonderful lore of Crusader. Check it out. Yeah, it that's true. That's true. Um, I was thinking about uh, the other thing with Grim Hex was you, like you said, whether getting out of your ship or in your ship, you were immediately taking the risk of your life running across the ramp because there would be people waiting in the airlock for you sometimes. You know, you couldn't even get in through the airlock. If you made it that far, nobody was there, you were good. But then you still had to leave which was also going to be a problem. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, Cal Roddy, which new players may not know, is that Grimhex originally had no hangers. So everything was out on ramps. So there was total exposure no matter what. You know, there was no place you could get in. Now, remember when we found out that there was an alternative entrance at the uh, yeah. far end yep. that, you could, that you could climb, you could EVA through, and maybe you could get lucky and park your ship and nobody would see it. But getting in and out of Grimhex was no joke back in the day, guys. It was really frustrating for a lot of people. You know, you, you know that's when you got on the servers when nobody was on. If you went to Grimhex, uh, that was the thing to do. 
and, yeah. and I have to admit, um, I kind of miss it, and yeah. I'm looking forward to Pyro. The challenge of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't balanced. That was the problem. You know, yeah, it, that, that, was that was the issue. It wasn't balanced. Um, let me ask you about this before we move on past Grimhex talking about stations. They've expanded Grimhex, right? It, you know, it's not the place that it was before. There are things there. Uh, there's stores there. There's uh, they, the um, the hospital was one of the newest additions over there. Um, the hospital looks like the type of place that the Joker would have got worked on because it's a pretty scary place. Oh yeah. But but there is the hospital there. The one thing that has not been implemented that they did build out was the racing area, the betting area that's there. And I am I know that there have been some independent orgs and people who have who've worked out some stuff over there for racing amongst the asteroids. But I'm still looking forward to seeing that get built out because that area is laid out nicely, but it's dead. You know, there's really nothing there unless you decide to get with some people and do some bar hopping to go there. I really would love to see that racing area, you know, really become live over there at Grim Hexen. You know, illegal gambling, basically, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially since DJ Bunton mentioned it in the ISC with Arena Commander. So, yeah. Hoping. Yeah, yeah. Anything else with Grim Hex you guys want to see happen over there before we move on? Well, I mean, we it'll be remiss for us not to tell us uh, about people about the the lore of Grimhex about uh, that's Green a, Imperial. a certain type of lore where mm -hmm. one of the leaders we're hanging out in. If you haven't found that, yes, where that person just looked for some blood stains and looked for that area that Griff was talking about, how people were going around instead of using the main doors to get into the mm -hmm. um, facility, there are other areas that you could get in to the facility, and you may be able to find that lore spot or that yep. POI point of interest. Yeah, um, and the one thing that I do want to correct Grift on, and I rarely correct Grift, guys, mm -hmm. is that that's not a hospital, that's a morgue. <laughs> Just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Um, you're thankful when you wake up, but when you wake up, you think you're in a nightmare. That's, that's pretty much what it comes out to. Um, and I want to, and I do want to emphasize something that Colossal said. There is, and see, because the thing has gotten bigger now, in the early days, all we did was explore stuff. When stuff came up, you tried to figure out stuff. There is a secret area. As you guys heard them say that Grimhex was built on an asteroid. There is a secret area where there was a leader who hid out in this particular, what is it, like a cave? Basically, Colossus, like a cave. It's, I mean, it's, it's like a cave area, but it's almost like it, it was like a built-in. They built it I'm up for like, him, for him yeah, deliberately I'm, to hide out. Yeah, and, and that person hung out there for a long time, yep. you know? until yep. certain events happened and like i said look for these things and i'm not going to tell you that much but if you want to know about grimhex mm. it does have a pretty deep history dealing with uh what cal Roddy read earlier and things like yep. that so yep. look into it yeah look up the whole green, green imperial thing guys because it's that carries over into other places in the game that you're going to find out about them as well so just keep that in mind it also tells you how crappy crusader is at not being able to manage that area <laughs> okay <laughs> no crusader how that Hurston hate, I tell you. Okay, let's take another. Yeah, let's take a look at another aspect of uh, what it means to live on a space station. And this one, I'm sure we'll have some interesting conversation on too. So let's take a look. One of the most pressing questions about using being living in space, of course, is the bathroom. So let's take a look at that little piece of work. Come on in. Here we are at the throne. This is awesome. You might see the little, um, you might have noticed the little moon on the outside. This is our orbital outhouse right here.
And of course, it serves for two functions. <laughs> Number two, right here. I love the picture. I'll show you. But you see it's pretty small, so you have to have pretty good aim. And you be ready to make sure things get let go the right direction. And it smells a little bit, so I'm closing it up. And that's, of course, for number two. And this guy right here is for number one. So they're sort of two slightly separate functions, but you can do a little, essentially both, by hanging on right here and doing number one and number two. I might add it's color-coded, so you really don't get it mixed up, which is nice. This is yellows for number one. And uh, also, there's a selection of paper. People always ask about toilet paper. What do you do with toilet paper? What kind of toilet paper do you have? We have gloves, just because sometimes it does get messy. We have some Russian wipes, which are a little bit coarse if you like the coarse type of toilet paper. We have some nice tissues, which are nice and soft if you like soft toilet paper. We have huggies, um, just for any cleanup. You know, we were all babies once, and this sort of helps. And then if things get really out of control, we have uh, disinfectant wipes just to make sure we clean up here. Because, you know, just like the water I showed you, the number one stuff can sort of go all over the place if you don't aim correctly. And did I mention both of these have a little bit of suction, so they should keep things going in the right direction. But, um, like I said, sometimes things get a little out of control if you are out of control yourself flying around. So we have lots of protective stuff. And of course, you do have your privacy. There's a little door. So other people know that you're in there. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Corinthian said, who in the world likes coarse toilet paper? Klingons. Klingons <laughs> like coarse toilet paper. Um, I, I believe me, Corinthian, I thought the same thing. I was like, coarse toilet paper? Who's going for the coarse stuff? But hey, man. <laughs> Some people like it rough. I guess that's all you can say about that one, right? Um, but anyway, um, let's let's talk a little bit about about this whole thing with the social dynamics of of uh, what it means to live in the station. Um, if you were around back in the early days, and both these guys were, you will remember that other than Port Olisar, when we were in the module mode of the game, Area Eighteen was called a social module. Um, did you play Eve Calrati? I did, I did, uh, okay. for a couple of years. Okay, so I know Colossal knows about this, but were you around at the time where they wanted to create space stations for people to use as a social space? I heard of the news, you but heard about I didn't, it. I wasn't, yeah. Okay, and it was interesting because the com there were many people in the community that pushed back on that. They didn't want it. They felt like it was oh. going to become too... World of Warcrafty or something, right? That whole dynamic. Because you know how you just go to stations in your ship and that's it. But they yeah. actually started building it out so that you could get out and walk around and meet your friends in the bar. And they didn't do it, right? And there were a lot of us that were disappointed, right? Because I came out of games like Second Life. I was playing Eve, but I wanted that social dynamic. Yeah. But they didn't want that in Eve. Star Citizen, when we first got Area 18, Area 18 was called the social module. And now we've created something that has expanded, not just down on the um, landing zones, but now you've also got these gallerias, right? So Colossal, let's talk a little bit about what, you know, is it important? I mean, like right now you go into Galleria, maybe you'll go down there to get a specific type of something that you want, like maybe a shake or a bar or coffee. 
But what? How will this start to play out game wise? What does CIG share with us about why they put these tables and restaurants and all this stuff into the game? And I know we've talked about nutrition, so if you want to touch on that a little bit, you know, feel free. I mean, there are certain. I would assume that there are certain aspects that they're going to put in for certain regions of the uh, of the system that you may get in, in one part of the system that you probably won't get in another part of the system. Mm. Um, this could provide a social aspect. It also could provide, you could put missions up in there to help um, support that social aspect. Uh, there could be groups that, that don't want to uh, uh, meet in their ships because they, they don't want to be less conspicuous or things like that. And they may meet up in these habitats. There could be groups that maybe want to station in these habitats. Mm -hmm. We talked about certain groups of people who comes in and, and they'll zerg you to le left, right, and sideways. They may want to use these stations as a setup point um you know for that so let me ask um, you a question are you so you're saying that there may be orgs that actually use the station as their base of operations i mean even though i know we can't own one but you're saying maybe that's how well they're like you know like, like they were operating off a ship right they they'd use a base as a place where they would spawn in and, and meet mean, all the time are you providing for any types of uh, uh fuel are you providing for any types of things at mm. that station no so if it's going to cost you less resources to use it mm -hmm. And you got the opportunity to use it as a, as a minimalist, as, as, as best as you can without having to worry about breaking the bank. Yeah. Yeah. There are orgs that will use that. Okay. Okay. All right. You, if, so people like, you know, for example, if there's a station and, and maybe there'll be some competition to a certain degree, if a station, you and I were talking about this earlier about certain stations offering maybe more services than others, right? There may be people who like if they're org, they just say, we're, we're, we'll, you know, crew L I'm just using crew. Crew L1 will be our spawning point all the time. You know what I mean? That's our place where we kick off at uh, or where we meet at. And, and orgs could start doing that. Right now, I don't think there's, I know there are people that do it individually. I don't know if there are any orgs that are doing it because that's interesting to find out. Cal Roddy, what about you? Any thoughts you're thinking about with the social module with being able to live and operate out of these places? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, you know, I have thought about this quite well. And I remember back when I was playing Microsoft, there was a um, faction called Zoners. Zonos are were pretty much neutral to everybody. And the reason why I mentioned that is because going, you know, kind of piggybacking on, on what you guys uh, um, are referring to coincidentally, uh, if an org or two rivaling orgs want to meet, but they're actually um, neutral mm. or have good affiliation with the faction that owns that station, mm -hmm. they can possibly arrange to meet there as opposed to meeting in some other conspicuous zone. Mm. Um, you know, it could be for setting some kind of alliance or negotiating something. So this kind of social space uh, may potentially be a safe area, even when armistice or should armistice go away completely um, for both um, competing orgs or something where they want to have some kind of social or neutral social space that they want to set up or arrange certain, um, make certain arrangements or negotiate certain things, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this, in addition, in addition uh, to the possibility of um, when persistence becomes more robust, um, some persons may want to live near these areas mm -hmm. or live at these areas because it could be cheaper than living at the landing zones mm -hmm. on the planet. We don't know if they may be rentals um, or if it may be charged. Um, and some persons may not have the large ship to, you know, sleep in their bed. Mm -hmm. um, so these areas will provide some really good spots, some really good, you know, living areas yeah. for these types of persons to live out. What are some advantages, Colossal, to being on a station versus being at a landing zone? I mean, there are some advantages, right? As far as your ships maybe, or getting from here to there quicker? 
Uh, it depends. I mean, some some of these areas may have refineries that that mm. may be able to refine certain things. Mm. We know crew all you um, we know crew L one uh, has a high volume refinery. If you don't know about that, then go to the refinery section and check and see how what's the capacity usage. Mm -hmm. You can literally see how much is being uh, 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 done there at a particular place. A CRU L one this is almost centrally located. Mm -hmm. It does have a high volume. Um, we know when you go to Arc L1 over there, we know that that uh, is a high volume of, of Quantanium. Mm. So a lot of people are getting pirated over there because mm. that's a, that that trans, transit area uh, is, is a high flux for that. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some people who are going to use those space stations for you know a particular thing, mostly for resting. If you want to go ahead and log in and log out, that's your safest spot if you can get into it. Yeah. Um, and 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 you, you can just they got lockers there that are not usable right now, but the intent is for them to be usable and hang some. And we know how difficult it is to transport things around. So if you got a ship like a, let's say one of Calrati's favorite ship, the um, um, oh gosh, and I'm in test. Oh yeah, Aurora, 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 right? Good Lord, forgive me, Montoya. I mean, you know, so if, if you get those types of ships that can't carry that much, you right. can at least, uh, you know, transport those things there, put them in your locker there, and call it a day. Right. So these stations have there's a place for everything and everything in its place, and, and the mm -hmm. space stations are. And I, I know for me, I've been doing, when I've been doing trade runs, I always base out at the orbital station over the particular planet that I'm at versus going down to the landing zone. Uh, easier to get in and out, less traffic, don't have to deal with the weather. And, um, you know, I can, I can literally jump from the station to wherever I'm going to go to grab trading stuff right away versus if I went down to, and I only go to the landing zone just to do the trade. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I stay at the at the station up above because everything I need is is there. Um, so there may be people depending on what type of gameplay they're doing that will also determine whether or not they decide to base at a station versus a landing zone versus on their own ship. Um, okay, so we can kind of see that there's a social dynamic too to the game. Uh, Calrady, I, I like what you said about you know neutral places, uh, particularly if orgs want to be able to meet other orgs. Uh, the fact that they do provide resources there. Uh, but the social dynamic is something like, we were trying to get together last night to do some operations and a group of us said, let's meet over at Tressler. And we were hanging out at Tressler, you know, the, until everybody got there. That was the meeting place, right? Uh, but I'm looking for even bigger social dynamics to start to take place, uh, not just because that's the place where we're launching from, but uh, we'll see what CIG comes up with that. Okay, well, yeah, go ahead, we're gonna say. I mean, I, I want to make a, uh, there's a point that Admiral made. He said, he talks about Babylon 6. And if you ever mm -hmm. watch, um, if you ever watch Babylon 5, mm -hmm. I believe. <laughs> Babylon 5, uh, yeah. it was Babylon 5. If you watch Babylon 5, Babylon 5 was the station that basically handled any type of diplomatic uh, situations mm -hmm. with all of the known races that, that were in that, that show. Uh, it was a diplomatic hub. Right. And, and maybe they could have that you know, to, um, it, with the game. I also would like to see, and I'm, I don't know if we're going to talk about that a little bit later, Griff. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the speciality of these space stations. I talked about it a long time ago. Port mm -hmm. Tressler, the name Tressler is very, very unique to Microtech. Mm -hmm. Very unique to Microtech. Yet I don't see any statues of mm -hmm. Tressler. None. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, you got your mobile glass because of Tressler. So mm -hmm. it, it'll be nice if the space stations, I uh, saw it on Paul Shelley's show last night, one mm -hmm. of the guys. 
Um, I want to pay tribute to him because he he gave a, a good thing that I talked about a while ago that uh, these space stations need to be unique yep. to certain areas. They don't need to look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, we maybe they could take the aesthetics from each location and bring that type of. They got the tools, so maybe they can at least bring that into the game. Port Tressler, uh, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Microtech has domes, so maybe yeah. you could have a dome or two over that Port Tressler and mm-hmm. have a statue of Tressler in there so people can go ahead and and, and you got to have more lore in those areas like a greeting point it should be a gateway to the city down down below yeah and if they can make it that way it'd be great yeah it would be uh this is like an off weird one but Levski even though that was more of an asteroid base whatever station but but they did have the whole lore thing there with Tanaka and all that other stuff that was existing there you know right so it would be kind of cool if they reflected whatever the lore was of that particular planet in some form. That's, that's, that's right. a really Pay homage to Hearst and give them their due. Oh, God. Let them know. Oh, my oh God. My okay, God. now I know it's time for the next video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at another piece of uh, real world when it comes to being in a space station. I'm here with my two buddies uh, in the airlock. Actually, these are two spacesuits uh, that are ready, primed up to go outside, as we call it, to go do a spacewalk in case we have to do anything outside. Some of the things we do outside are just like inside repairs. We have a lot of um, electrical boxes and machinery and solar arrays, in fact, that I talked about earlier, that are outside, and sometimes they don't work quite right. Um, remember, space is really cold and really hot, and it's also the vacuum of space with no pressure. And so some of the equipment doesn't work well all the time. So we might have to go out and do a spacewalk. Right behind me is actually the hatch that you go out into space. And right now we have it filled up with a couple other spacesuits because we've got four of them up here uh, and some of our tools. But right behind here is the hatch in which you actually go right outside into the vacuum of space. The spacesuit is pretty big, as you can see. It's like being a football player. Um, mm. Part of the reason it's so big and bulky is because of this backside, this backpack. It's like going on a hike with a backpack, but the backpack and the suit weighs about 300 pounds. Luckily, in space, nothing really weighs anything, so you don't feel that it's so heavy. But we need to have such a big suit because that guy back there is essentially um, the, the heart of the spacecraft. This, I call this actually a spacecraft. It has all the oxygen for you. It has all the carbon dioxide removal system for you. It also has a heating and cooling system to make sure to regulate our body temperatures while we're outside. It also has a computer. So it tells you on a display here if there's anything that's going wrong with the suit, if we're running out of oxygen, if we have too much carbon dioxide um, or any type of electrical problem. So it's a pretty awesome little spacecraft and uh, actually got to go out, use my spacecraft, little spacecraft a couple times and it worked like a charm. Uh, Lucky that it works very nice. You might want to see what the helmet looks like. It's pretty cool too. We don't usually go out like this, so you usually can see when the helmet's open. So you can see what it looks like inside. Somebody's little head would be inside of here. So you can see, you can turn your head all the way around while you're inside of there, but the helmet stays still. So that's uh, determined your, your, how far you could see. And uh, it's usually pretty sunny out there, so we have to wear our sunglasses. And this is our sunglasses right here, which make you look pretty cool. <laughs> okay. 
Um, Griff? Yeah. Can I ask people to uh, type in a, a number of how many people actually have that suit in game? <laughs> the Zeus suit? Like the, Zeus, the Zeus <laughs> yes. suit? Yeah. If yeah. you have that suit in game, is that a yes, Griff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, if you have that suit in game, the Zeus suit, guys, could you please type a one, please? I don't have a colossal. That's not you don't have it. a Zeus suit? Oh no! Are you serious? Amazing. I have both. Because I mean, if if it's a subscriber flare, then I have it. I didn't pay attention. Okay, you got it. You didn't pay attention. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I just didn't pay attention. But you guys have. Oh yeah. One, please. Yeah, you see. Yeah, that's the suit, man. It's a. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's really cool, actually. Um, you know, they were talking about this thing with the suit. You know, maybe we shouldn't show this video because it shows more and more ideas of things. Uh, but. We do know that there's a lot of things that we saw in there that Chris Roberts and CIG has talked about that they would like to implement in the suits. Uh, you know, maintaining body temperature. When we use our Mobi glasses. A lot of information that comes through there, um, it, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, what I do want to tie. Reason why I want to put suits here though was leading into this next section on missions. And Calrati mentioned missions earlier at the stations. Right now, delivery missions are like one of the things that people have done a lot of, right? You know, you go to the administrative office and you drop off a box or whatever, you get your mission there, whatever the case may be. Um, But what I want to talk about is these other areas. Me and my bad typos, again, I swear typing late at night is never a good thing. I got to correct maintenance, y'all. My OCD is kicking in. Um, Let me ask this question of the panelists here. Maintenance. There we go. Um... What type of missions can come out that actually have to be done at the station in relation to maintenance and repair? Because she talked about the spacesuit that they have to put it on because they have to sometimes go outside and fix something. Do you think CIG will start coming up with missions that are like solar panels that are outside need to be repaired? You know, like right now we've got the ones where you go to comma rays, but could they come up with stuff like that where we as players are actually doing some form of maintenance or repair? And you can talk about any of these subjects you want, intelligence missions, black market, uh, transportation. I don't think we have any stations that have ports for transportation yet. I think they're all at the landing zones. You know what I mean? Like where you can catch a Genesis Starliner or something. I don't think that there's anything in there yet. And then we touched on security a little bit in relation to the bounty hunting and stuff. You guys, let's talk about that a little bit. Any thoughts you guys have on why that's important at space stations? Yeah, yeah. We, we saw in an ISC once where Jared had, uh, had showcased, I think it was coming down to the very end, the resource network um, for, it was an underground bunker facility. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they're most likely, um, they may integrate these kinds of ideas uh, for the space station, which will be a beautiful approach for maintenance and repair. It will make the space stations their own kind of network. Um, and I think that will usher in some really good opportunities for those kinds of missions for players who may, you know, spawn in or even actually get to the station and may, it may generate as their own side missions, you know? So that's one thing I definitely look forward to. and actually made me wonder if Seraphim Station may be getting these kinds of, um, backbone because since they mentioned the resource network, um, they haven't really mentioned much about outside of the underground facilities, the space stations getting their own um, resource network as well. So it kind of made me wonder if Seraphim Station is getting that kind of backbone under the hood until it's, they're ready to turn that on for stations and facilities. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Colossal, I was thinking about the <clears throat> intelligence piece. You know, we've talked about the stuff with data running and stuff. Um, you know, will these be rendezvous points 
for, you know, delivering intelligence. You know, if I, I want to sell some intelligence to somebody, I might tell you to meet me at, you know, Pearl L whatever, you know what I mean? Um, to transfer information to you there, you know, those type of transactions that might take place. If I'm, you know, operating as an independent contractor, you know what I'm saying? Um, rendezvous points for things or black market sales, right? Um, I'm, I'm, cause you know, one of the things when you go down to landing zones is, and I haven't seen this either, you guys correct me if I'm wrong on space stations. Are there security measures on space stations? Cause I don't think there is, right? Most of the customs no. and security measures are on uh, landing zones, right? Yes, yeah. It's just not activated. I don't I mean, remember, when, I don't remember any of these space stations. Where so I, when you, space stations or the rest stops, are you talking about that too as well? Yeah, I'm talking about the, or, you know, any of the space stations, I don't remember seeing any type of electronic, like I got to pass yeah, through something. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you, when you, when you get inside the elevator and you're at the kiosk, there's a, there's a, a whole uh, a row of uh, electronic machines that are not turned on yet. The oh, you must be you talking about in Hurston. You must be talking about in Hurston. No, all of them. No. All, all of them. them, yeah. Every last one of them. Where? Um, it's, it's at all the stations, right at the kiosk. You see, when you before you walk into the kiosk to go ahead and get your ship, that that whole walkway entrance is a whole uh, like you check in system. At a, a station. At a space station. Yes. If you yeah. remember it, when the NPCs oh, don't oh, move oh, a muscle oh, oh, and you get stuck oh, oh, and you can't get past, yeah, that's how you, you gotta go past easily. there. Yes, 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 yes. The metal detectors right there. The metal Correct. detectors. Okay, it's all right I got there. you. You know, okay. when you put in the card or you get you get checked right there. I mean, versus right. a little bit more detail when you have to go through a scanner. And so it's um microtech over there as well when you get to Augustus uh Dunlop Dun Dun Yeah, okay. But uh yeah, it's it's all right there. So, so let me ask this, is that for, is that are those and I, we don't know yet completely. What do those detect? I'm curious. Don't know. Because there's no lockers there to support unless you gotta leave your weapons and slay weapons on your ship. But if I have black market information or something like that, or drugs, is that it can drugs go through there? I, 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 it I'm curious. On the I'm area. curious. You know what I'm area. saying? Right. It depends. Maybe there's a mission that you could have that could get that you could have a crypto key that could bypass that. Mm, you know, okay. or things like that, or so forth. He has to get a certain certain uh, rank or a certain reputation. Okay. Maybe you can go to her, maybe you can go to the PO or Sephiroth uh, uh, mm -hmm. at a new station, and maybe there's this guy who's this really really good, uh, outstanding um, uh, uh, worker of Crusader, and then he brings <laughs> you into this office and he says, pss, 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 by the way. You know, deliver this to such and such and such and such. Maybe he works for Nine Tails. Cal, Cal Roddy, he's writing the whole script for him here. He's writing the whole script <laughs> Maybe for him. He he <laughs> he's mapping out the whole thing. That's, that's right. Maybe he gives you a crypto key or some type of card where you yeah. got some type of clearance to go ahead and get through without any detections. And once you get past it, there are lockers over in the rest station that you can put your stuff in. And let the, let the, okay. Whatever it is. You got so many things. Okay. Come, right. come cool. on, CIG. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I know I hit a little button there with uh, with uh, uh, DK because I saw him. He very quickly answered when I talked about there's no mm -hmm. locations yet for transportation. Now, I will say this, though, um, where there are docking collars in stations that have them, there are seating areas in those areas. Um, so I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, those may be areas for when there is commercial transportation that takes place. You hire somebody that becomes their area because they the, they do have their own little seating areas in some of them. Uh, and it's like a viewing port where you can look outside and see when the ship is docking. Uh, so I am curious to see whether that's gonna be something that's used for the public civilian transportation. I'm not talking about like the big ships that pop in there like the hammerheads and reclaimers, but I am talking about gameplay that's involving with transport, you know, and touring. Uh, and then we talked about security a little bit. 
You guys got any other thoughts about the, in relation to missions? Because right now I know we have, uh, where's Rudo? Is Rudo, he's a Grim Hex, right? Grim Hex, yeah. Yeah, he's Rudo's a Grim, Grim Hex, Hex, right? We don't have any mission givers at any of the orbital space stations or anything, do we? They were supposed to be, wasn't there? Weren't there supposed to be plans to go ahead and do that? Well, you know what? Um, well, what's his name? He used to be over at uh, uh, Levski. You know, that one guy, he used to be in the bar. Uh, the, 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 the French name bar that was over there, but he's gone. They moved him someplace else, but I don't think there's anybody at any orbital stations. I don't think, I don't think we go to any mission givers in orbital stations. Right now. now. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right. Miles Eckhart. Yeah. uh, Paisan himself, brother of the scout. Yeah. Um, I mean, (laughs) there are, there are some. Yeah. In Lorville. um, Yeah. We, yeah. In Lorville. Oh, he's in Lorville now. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. There are some missions at stations, for for example, the commodity missions that you can go ahead and do. A lot of people haven't done them. I I yeah. would advise people go ahead and do the commodity missions. I mean, there there is some something dynamic to it. Um, I think they have some type of algorithm where it just resets after a couple uh, a certain amount of time. So you, if you're not paying attention to the to the screen, I've stood at the screen after I've made my transactions and I've helped the station get back up to par with a certain resource, mm-hmm. and then within a couple of minutes, it goes right back to zero. Okay. So I, I think that's intentional. I would like to hope that's intentional for them to go ahead and test out the system, check and see if that part of the system is functioning. Okay. But uh, but check that out. You do see a difference, and you, you can open your mobile glass and see that at one point the system was identified as understocked, mm-hmm. and then once you help it get stocked, it, it takes it right off the um, commodity list. So you can do that. Nice. At least that's there for now. But it'd be nice if they had some type of black market transportation, uh, maybe some type of turrets where you can go with some missions where you can go ahead and fix the turrets that are already outside. They already mm-hmm. got turrets out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can go ahead and fix those things and things like that um you know maybe they can have a a a, a certain small i wouldn't say a dynamic event but maybe some type of events where uh, maybe there's a pirate a, a group of militias just trying to come up and attack a, a certain convoy in the area mm-hmm. and 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 the security terminals are down you have to fix that or something like that at a certain time maybe they can do all that type of stuff yeah i i see definitely the, the room for a lot of service work that could be done for people who just want to make some money uh, especially like if something happens where you lose it all, right? And you work up at a station, you got to figure out a way to maybe generate money just to be able to rent a ship or to be able to get a ride somewhere. You know, there, there needs to be some form of that you can do economy in the stations. I know that they started them at the landing zones where like there are missions that where you literally don't have to leave Lorville. You just go pick up a delivery box and you take it somewhere else in Lorville. So I'm really curious to see if they're going to do something like that, whether it's repairing the station uh, replacing a part, something like that. Maybe we'll see. You know, uh, we know that NPCs are going to be doing that. My question is whether or not game players will be doing some of those same tasks. Um, let's take a quick break. We are right at the top of the hour, halfway through our show, uh, and we do want to talk a little bit about, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're raising money for St. Jude. Uh, let me stop the video. Whoops, too quick. Uh, we're raising money for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And uh, we've already reached two of our tiers. Some of you guys have already given today. Thank you guys so much uh, already toward our contribution. Last week, we hit our second tier, our milestone of $1,000. We're going to be doing a giveaway again uh, today uh, for the show. So uh, get ready for that, just to give you guys a heads up. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start. You've already seen something about putting in ticket one. I'm going to activate that in a second. Uh, where you guys can put in for a ticket for the giveaway where we're going to be giving away some items. But I want to show you the video about St. Jude. Just takes one minute, less than a minute. We'll take a look at that. 
St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and YouTube are teaming up to help end childhood cancer. In September, supporters from across the nation come together during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude. And that's when YouTube gamers will be posting videos and live streaming to raise funds to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Money Raise also supports the research that leads to groundbreaking medical discoveries that St. Jude freely shares around the globe. I can only imagine as a parent the relief that they feel when someone like St. Jude steps in. I think it's a really good lesson for us to realize that we need to do more and we can do more. It is a huge step in the right direction, a huge step in helping just people and giving back. It's all for good and we have a responsibility, a social responsibility to help out. Find your favorite video or live stream during St. Jude Play Live on YouTube for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and donate to this amazing cause. Your support will help St. Jude further its incredible mission. Finding cures, saving children. Let's end childhood cancer together. Awesome sauce. Okay. Um, if you guys want to be entered into the giveaway, uh, what you're going to put in is exclamation point <clears throat> ticket. And I think one, I think afterward, uh, and it'll tell you if it goes through, I'll let you know, but you can put that in, uh, if you are interested in, uh, where we are today with our $1,000 chairman's club package, uh, we're going to be giving that away toward the end of the show, but I do want to go over the tiers. Uh, we're making our way up to our next tier goal, which is going to be $2,000. We're going to give away a UEE Navy field jacket and UEE Navy cap. Uh, we've done that in the past. If we hit our $3,000 mark, you guys are going to see us do for the very first time a 12 hour live stream. Uh, I, I, the, these two guys' faces when they see that and say, oh my God, 12 hours. 12-hour uh, live stream. We're going to have special guests come on with us. We're going to do giveaways uh, and we're going to be giving away in intervals. Uh, if we hit 3,250, we're going to give away a 2948 and 2949 digital goodie pack. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but let me tell you something. Look on eBay for those things. People are willing to pay that money. Those people want to collect that stuff. Yeah, those goodie packages, can't get them anymore. So for people who want to get those, we're going to give that away. At $3,500, we're going to give away a Sons of Centauri pack. If you weren't around back in the day when that came out, that's all the motorcycles, the bikes that CIG put out, the Tumbrel bikes. That's going to be at $3,500. At $3,750, we're going to give away a Misc Prospector. These are all with LTI. And then at $4,000, we're going to give away an RSI Apollo Triage. Now, let me stop for a second. Some of you may say, oh, it looks like there are more ships. That's because we have a generous anonymous donor who is, wants to remain anonymous and has just given us a ton of stuff to give away specifically for this St. Jude charity thing. So we want to give a special shout out to that person because they have just, they just contacted us and said, hey, I've got some stuff I want to give you guys for this. So we added that to this list. Uh, at $5,000, we're going to give away an air and space pack, which is the uh, Terrapin and I think it's a Tumbrel uh, with LTI. At $6,000, we're going to give away two medium fighters. Uh, we're going to give away a Suntuck Yai and also the Aegis Saber Comet, both of those with LTI. At $7,000 Colossal, we're giving away a Banu Merchantman at $7,000. At yes. $8,000 <laughs> Calrati, we're going to give away the Origin 890 Jump. At $9,000, we're going to give away the 2498-2948 Exploration Pack with LTI. Make sure we understand it's the L that is the Exploration Pack, not the Mega Exploration Pack. But what that is, is a Carrick Colossal, 
uh, Misk Dur, uh, a Dragonfly bike, a Tumbrel, and I think a Terrapin, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the difference in that one. It has a Terrapin in it. I think when you get the Mega Pack, you get the 600i included in there as well. Uh, mm. Or the Aquila, something like that. But anyway, that's 9000 And at $10,000, the biggie, the big Mama Jamma, the Endeavor, is that my bad spelling? No, I spelled it right. Endeavor Master right. Set. All right. Endeavor Master Set. And Endeavor with all the modules. Now, this giveaway is going to be, oh, no, this giveaway. This charity fundraiser will last until CitizenCon weekend, October 22nd. That's our goal. $10,000 by October 22nd. And you can give. And if you've given already, we really, really appreciate you. We will ask that you would consider giving towards St. Jude Children's Hospital. And of course, tell people about it. That's one way we can reach the goal real quick. In three weeks, it was three shows, actually. We got to the $1,000 mark already, and we know we're going to get to 2000 So we're getting there, gang. So we really want to say thank you to those of you who've already given to this cause. And for those of you who will consider it, can't do it today, you've got plenty of weeks still to toss it in and help us reach those, those uh, milestone goals. Okay? So thank you. We appreciate that. <sighs> okay, got all that in. Let's go ahead and move on to our next piece here. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah, we talked about food. We talked about spacesuits. Uh, let's talk about food. Here's a pretty cool place. This Can is sort food? of like in your house talk where everybody food. meets in the morning. Uh, after you wash your face, brush your teeth, you want to find something for breakfast. And this is our kitchen. You might notice there's all sorts of foods here. Uh, it's like opening the refrigerator. You got all your different stuff that you want to have. Drinks, meats, eggs, vegetables, cereals. Uh, bread, uh, snacks, and that's a good place. That's where you find all the candy. Uh, side dishes, and then some little power bars just in case. So we have all this type of food. Some of it is dehydrated, and so we have to hydrate it, fill it up with water. Some of it is already made, and then all we have to do is heat it up. So something like this, I'm pulling out barbecued beef brisket. Pretty yummy. Not only is this food made in the U.S., but we also have food here from Japan. Uh, we've got Russian food. As you can see, all these red containers are filled with food that's from Russia. Um, and then we get some of our specialty stuff, some things that we like, some of our favorite stuff that your family can send up. In fact, I like fluffernutters, and so I got sent up some fluff so I could make my fluffernutter with peanut butter. So you have a lot of food up here, no problems. Okay. Well, I haven't seen that in a hot minute. That's <laughs> some fluff. That's a fluff right there. Yeah, no. Okay. Fluff. We're, we're going to talk about several <laughs> subjects here, but, but, you know, we talked about food and, uh, or she talked about food. And of course, what you guys saw was everything was dehydrated virtually. Right. And, and you know, that takes a little bit to get used to. Uh, we have them as MREs a lot of times. Uh, but in our game, they do try to have some actual foods that you can eat. Um, let's talk about resources, guys, uh, food, clothing, Weapons, components, uh, fueling, and repair for space stations. Um, and let's talk about it also in light of the anticipation of going into uh, pyro. And not even just pyro, but just depending on where you go. Uh, what do you feel is vital? What's going to be the difficulties of acquiring these items? Um, you know, what are the benefits of being in a station? I mean, are there benefits um, to being in a station that supplies these things or... You know, what type of gameplay can come out of it where people might decide to say, I'm going to be in this station and maybe I'm supplying other people. I'm thinking about ships like the Vulcan, for example. 
right? That's basically designed to go out and deliver stuff to other people. Any thoughts on that? And I'll go to Calrati first on this one. What do you think about that? Yeah, it will definitely depend, I think, on the abundance of the space stations as well as distance between them. Uh, a space station, uh, a star system like Pyro, um, these space stations may be a lot more important compared to the space stations in the Stanton system because of the distances, because of the uh, travel times between these space stations, um, uh, especially when it comes to resources. Now, depending on the activity and if quantum comes into play um, by then, uh, you know, staying at a space station could be a good thing and also a bad thing mm -hmm. if the resource network or resource path gets cut off because of some kind of dynamic event. Mm. Uh, let's say um, the Ninth Hills lockdown. Uh, staying at a space station may be a bad thing for you yeah. as opposed to living out somewhere where, you know, you know that there is some kind of um, abundance of resources and you haven't really told anybody. Uh, so it could be um, a good thing and it could also be a bad thing depending on the activity that goes around. I remember Colossal was also talking about, you know, the same activity, having the missions and those things around the space station that can actually really affect the activity and the provision of the resources depending on the kind of missions and the AI and player activity that exists around there. Um, even um, now, I usually tend to frequent around um, uh, space stations that sell weapons and components. Mm -hmm. um, if you go into your star map, most of the time when you click the station specifically, you will see the kind of stores that are available. So things like, I believe, Michael 1, to not all the space stations, of course, uh, depending on where you think you, sh you will need a particular resource, um, you can go there. And I think, especially when it comes to, to provision and trading of resources, that will become a lot more important depending on, um, you know, where or what resources you want to make use of them. I don't fully agree that, you know, some space stations uh, don't have, a, um, you know, a weapon store, uh, but um depending on depending on um their gameplay ideas mm -hmm. as well as how they want to shape the economy um depending of course that would also depend on the, the space station or the star system i can see why they want to tailor the rarity of these items and the rarity of these stores um, mm -hmm. uh, for this purpose yeah Colossal, do you think that um, when we get into certain areas, like, and I mentioned Pyro earlier, where we don't have UEE law enforcement or any form, let's, let's, I will not, not say UEE, let's just say there's no NPC law enforcement in some form. I've been in the game where there have been people who have locked down a station. Like they, they've went outside and they've got three or four of their buddies and they're out there nailing anybody that tries to come into that station. Do you, and, 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 and they're just doing it for the heck of it, right? But do you think you'll start seeing that from an economic standpoint? In other words, we talked about earlier, maybe there's an org that bases out of this particular station. Do you think that people will start like locking down a station that doesn't have any form of law enforcement patrolling it? Probably. I mean, more than likely, probably. I mean, we have taken into consideration, uh, we're waiting for Quanta to step in. Mm -hmm. So if they're gonna do that, that could majorly affect that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of resources may not come in there because 
the the uh, quantum may recognize that that system is being attacked by a certain uh, a certain group of people, certain mm -hmm. pirates, mm -hmm. and you start to see a divergence of resources and lack of resources. Mm -hmm. They may stranglehold themselves. You never yeah, know, yeah. Um, um, because they're going to have to bring resources. That's a big system, right. and they're they're going to have to be prepared to go ahead and bring in resources to maintain that if they want to go ahead and put a lockdown on that with the certain types of foods. Yeah. Um, I do want to go ahead and throw in a, a little bit of a comical shout out to Buster because Buster, uh, one of our good friends. Um, she, along with Paul Shelley, was talking about having some type of a, a, a space a truck out there, a space bus, where they go ahead and sell food out there right. from their own space station, right? Or their, their own little uh, own little ship. That was interesting um, a, a idea that they may pull up mm -hmm. at a place like a pyro and say, hey, we, we, you don't have the resources, we do. Yeah. So don't hurt us, we're neutral, we're, we're helping you out as, as well as the, the people that are coming into this area. Yeah. Um, I do want to go ahead and do a, a, shame, uh, a shameless plug though. Uh, Griff, if you will allow me to go ahead sure. and, and paste something in the, um, the chat. Uh, this is episode 111 that we did at Soul Citizens, mm -hmm. and it's called Indigestion. Uh, it was talking about all the different types of foods that you currently see on the screen right now in terms of what they are, what types of resources they give you, uh, 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 the stats and everything like that. So I would ask everybody to look at that because I think Soul Citizens did a very good job at trying to delineate and try to uh, educate uh, the, the community on uh, on how to properly eat this and what to take this. Because there are some stackable items that a lot of people still have not investigated, True. haven't seen that type of stuff yet on the website. Um, you can see some people have plus signs. We had a group, a member last night ask us, uh, you know, I got plus signs on my... Um, on my nutritional bar, what, what you know, things like that and so forth. There are items that do stack. So um, look at that video. It's a, it's a great video that so did with episode uh, 111 about yeah. that. I don't, I don't know if people have noticed this and I know I don't want to just focus on food, but uh, since you mentioned that, I don't know if you guys noticed in stations, what type of food is easily accessible versus what's the food that you have to go find. And if you notice hmm. in most of the stations, the hot dog stand is easily accessible. The burrito stand is easily accessible, right? Ugh. That's it. But those are also two of the worst foods that you can eat in the game. Negative. And yep. so if you want the good food, you have to go down to the Galleria, the food that's going to give you the better buffs, the better health, last longer, the whole nine yards. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But there's a reason why the McDonald's and the Wendy's are up there at the front door, okay? <laughs> that's the reason why. So. Later on, as this is to Colossal's point, as these things get implemented, yeah, you may decide to run in at the last minute and get that hot dog, but you may pay a price for it later on. You may find yourself uh, in the bathroom later on your ship a little bit faster because you decide to eat the hot dog instead of going down to the Galleria and getting the yep. noodles, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, the stations are being laid out. There, there's some sanity behind what's there is what I'm saying, Okay. And, and later on, station life is going to be something that you're going to have to think about. Like, to your point, Colossal and Kairati, the economy isn't in yet. We don't know how much it's going to cost to, it may be economical to live on a station. It really may be uh, economical for time, economical for certain resources. But some stations may be very difficult to live on. As you mentioned, Colossal, if there happens to be a stranglehold on the economy, because the, the trade lanes there have been a lot of piracy going on. Resources aren't coming in, so therefore living on that station may not be a good thing, right? Uh, there's a lot of pros and cons to this idea of being on a station, okay? Uh, one of the things we didn't talk about, though, with resources is moving these resources from station to planet, right? Calrati, what, let's talk about that a little bit. 
stations are supposed to be like way, you know, way stations, right? You know, the, the whole sea, the whole, in, in fact, when they talked about Seraphim Station, they said the reason why I wanted to get it in is because the whole sea is coming, right? So evidently that's going to be the testing ground for this bringing mass resources in and out to be delivered. Uh, what's going to happen to, the, why are stations important when a whole D or a whole E comes in? you know, in relation to not just selling stuff, but to people that are down on that planet at that landing zone. Yeah, I'm I'm so, so glad that you, um, that you, that was at the top of my head and I slipped up and, and forgot about that. I was like, oh man, I was, uh, because especially when these large cars come into the game, uh, who knows, maybe there could be a shift in the mission, uh, in the types of delivery missions that are available. Mm. Um, it, it could have missions where, um, we have to deliver back and forth um, certain commodities from the space stations down to the outposts, down to the landing zones and back, mm -hmm. um, you know, for the hull sea to actually matter. Um, there could be um, certain services that we have to do or perform that have some kind of connectivity with those points of interest um, on those planets or on those moons. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're seeing uh, as, as these larger ships may actually frequent the space stations more than the planetary um, bodies or the outposts that exist on the planetary bodies, we may see the benefits of the smaller um, delivery and cargo hauling ships so that they don't actually need to compete in a way, even if they are in a single star system. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at this next video. By the way, if... Uh... I'm not getting anybody's names coming in for the giveaway for some reason. I only have five names. Uh, one free stuff, man. Is that what it is? No, I thought some people typed it in, but it didn't go in for some reason. Calrati, do me a favor. Type in, uh, what is it? Uh, exclamation point ticket. All right. And let's see if it's reading. So I want to make sure I don't want people, you know, getting, not getting in. Okay. I got six there. Theorem, colossal. I like colossal do it because I have to do okay, it. Okay, they're they're punched. They're coming in. Okay, they're coming in. I just I didn't. It wasn't registering for some reason. Okay, all right. Let's hit our next video then. Let's go. <clears throat> Keep on punching that exclamation point ticket, guys, because you right. always think about your fan favorite colossal <laughs> donate to <laughs> the bank of colossal. Right, let's see this next video. This is the cupola. It stick sticks down below the uh, space station. Uh, it's one of those places you find yourself hanging out in all the time because all you want to do is look back at our planet. I think some questions I had were about what do you do in your free time? And you can't help but want to just come to the cupola and, and look outside as much as you can. And a lot of folks, I, I play this game with myself about where we're flying over the earth. I try to come in here and just guess after being here for a little while. You can sort of figure it out. You can tell different cloud types over different continents. You can tell different soil types over different continents. Body of water. So let's see. And then, of course, there's a lot of ocean. So usually we're over the ocean at first glance. I will tell you in just a moment where we are. That looks like um, Indian Africa, that's Italy good. area. Oh, right now, yeah, this is right flat. Africa. This is, so this is a scanner. As you can tell. <laughs> so we're right over the continent of Africa. Hey, what's that? I it's think like that's I a Soyuz spacecraft. That's the spacecraft that's taken us home to planet Earth today. Oh my gosh. We might have to go take a look at that. 
That's pretty cool. It's a little bit smaller than the rest of uh, the spacecraft, the space station, so you'll see um, if we go there, it will be a little bit more crammed. But we're going, you can look all the way back to the back of the spacecraft, which is where the Russian segment is, and then you could look all the way forward to uh, the front of the spacecraft, where the, uh, where the Japanese laboratory, the European laboratory, and the American laboratory are and then back to the solar arrays where we started in the this morning when we were looking out the Japanese window Mario 39, thank you so much for that follow. We appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let's talk about industry because the um, the stations right now that focus in on this more than anything are the, I think it's the L1s, right? The refining is all at the L1s. Is that right, Colossal? Uh, you're talking about the Lagrange stations, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, I believe the Lagrange stations are the ones that have the um, is it, it's not, uh, is cargo it, area. What, no, I meant refining. Refining I was asking about. Yes. L1s and L2s, yeah. L1s and L2s, okay. Uh, cargo. Uh, do they all have cargo? Cargo decks? No. No, they uh, don't, just, right? Some do. No. Just the, um, just the orbitals. 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 Yeah, yeah. The just the orbitals. Just the orbitals. Okay, all right, cool. Mining and trade. Okay, so let's talk about industry. What, are, what is the importance of space stations in relation to that? Let's talk about that. Uh, Colossal, let me go to you first this time to talk about why space stations are important for that. <clears throat> uh supply i mean they're mm -hmm. a hub they're mm -hmm. a hub for that i mean that's pretty much the way it is i mean um i mean things are coming into that area instead of it, it, it you know it hits it hits that as a hub it's able to refine that and bring the refined materials down to the planet to go ahead and supply the the the, the, the platforms and the cities that are, that are down there these are major hubs okay which, uh, which and that's ships? why you always see what was that i was going to ask you which ships in particular would be involved or what type of gameplay would be involved with you know, I mean, transport and moving stuff from station to wherever. Right. I mean, based off of the lore, the most the ship that's going to be used, utilized the most in game is going to be a whole C. Okay. Right. Um, but you're going to look at the whole series. You're going to look at probably a lot of um, Argo ships running mm -hmm. around left, right, and sideways. Mm -hmm. You may it, once they put it in game, I would like to see how they're going to use the uh, the, the Katak um, mm -hmm. uh, com companies. Uh, mm -hmm. How they're they going to use that the Raylan. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's an industrial ship that carries a lot of a lot of resources. Yeah. Uh, you might see, uh, in in terms of private transportation, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope people didn't throw them away, but you might see a lot of caterpillars, and you definitely might see a lot of um, miss um, um, the max. Mm. You know, if they want to get from one place to other to another place really quickly and, and inefficiently. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, these places are they should be major hubs. They should be major industry industrial areas. They should be transporting a lot of stuff. So, yeah. Cal Roddy, what can players do? Uh, as far as for their gameplay, what are some gameplay things that they do? Colossal's kind of named all the ships, but what does they have to do with players? I mean, we've got these, um, we know that the SRV is coming, right? Uh, we know that we've got the, um, the Argos, right? The Argo small ships that are modular. Yeah. You know, how does that play into somebody who says, you know what? I want to find a way to make money up here at this station. I got all this stuff going on. You know, what are some gameplay things that can happen that way? Yeah, sure. You know, um, I, I, I often. You cut off for a second. Um, okay. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, yeah, yeah, say okay. it again. Uh -huh. 
All right, sweet. So I often thought about that from time to time, especially as uh, Persistent Hangers came on, uh, is coming online very soon or soon, mm -hmm. whenever that comes, right. um, because I think outside of the landing zones, um, players are definitely going to um, spend some quality time at these space stations um, should Persistent Hangers make their way to these space stations, mm -hmm. whether it be um, for logistical reasons, uh, for their own personal reasons. But, um, you know, as we get to be able to manipulate and interact with cargo and, and all those items and those things, I think these will be some really good um, hubs, not just for trading, but um, where we're able to actually access goods. I mean, currently um, we can whenever we do a mission or wherever, whenever we go exploring and we loot any kind of item, we most likely, most of the time, go to the, to the space station where we are frequenting and dump it there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's gonna be a lot more um, going on at space stations, mm -hmm. um, should we be able to interact with these items more. And in addition to the missions that we, that we spoke about, I think these, these space stations will be a lot more, or see a lot more um, frequency or a lot more activity mm -hmm. than the landing zones because they don't exist within the atmosphere. Uh, so, uh, so many activity, I, so much activity I think is going to occur at these space stations depending on, um, you know, what CIG's plans are with regards to tailoring the specific stations um, to satisfy a particular type of gameplay, mm -hmm. depending on the trade route or cargo route as it relates to quantum. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be a very interesting twist of events or, uh, you know, as time goes along and as we see more and more things flesh out. So let me ask you guys this question. Now, guys, this is, I'm theory crafting y'all, okay? I'm trying to go with some stuff that CIG has said and asking, is this the direction that they're possibly moving in? My question is, with the SRV being one of the vehicles that we know is being worked on, it's in the later stages of polishing or whatever, we know that the whole C is coming, we know that the, um, the docking collars are coming for Seraphim Station. Um, we also know that CIG has moved us up to being able to manually move cargo boxes, right? We've got the one SCU box now, right? But we also know cargo decks are set up so that they can go all the way up to 32 SCU. The uh, cargo, uh, the uh, Argo raft, we know that that's something that they want to do. Um, is there going to be a situation where I can make money with my Argo raft or my SRV loading Colossal's whole sea? Now, right now, everything's kind of hand wavy, right? You know, you order something, it pops up on the side of your ship. But last night uh, with Colossal, uh, we were with Ops Chief. He had a load of stuff that was in his ship and we were attaching it to the sides of the hull. Hey, we were doing it manually, right? With the multi-tool. But a bigger version of that is gonna be the SRV and the raft, being able to either remove these things from hull seas uh, and then getting them down to stations because the whole sea cannot go down. Well, it can go down partially, but it can't go fully loaded into atmosphere and land. So will players be able to make money doing that? I mean, that like you hire me, that's it, right? Or is, you think people will rely on just NPCs? Because I mean, I think in the beginning, it'll be hand wavy. You just put the order in and it happens. I see the cargo decks as being a place that you go to the cargo deck and let's say I'm a miner, right? And I've been storing copper and I've been storing it and storing it in the cargo decks for a period of time. When I'm ready to lower my whole C, I see it as I'm gonna go down to the cargo deck, go to the computer, say I need my stuff because I'm ready to take it, and it's gonna go into one of those exterior cargo boxes. 
and somebody or something is going to move that box onto my whole C or whole D. Is that the way you guys see it too? Or do you guys see whole C's and whole D's and whole E's being loaded some different type of way? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm still waiting on a little bit a little bit more clarification because we do know that you can load a whole C from, uh, um, I believe, based off of not this last um, ISC, but the one before that, or the one before that, the last two or three, uh, they talked about how you can load a whole C from the ground, right? You go ahead and put in the trans boom, 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 and your whole C has to be in the space station upstairs, and as soon as you get there, it says boom, 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 and here's the, here's the stuff, and it loads it on, on there. So if that's the type of gameplay that they're moving towards, uh, I mean, I, I would like to see how they're going to use that type of gameplay that you're talking about, such as if you have a whole C and you're coming up to the space station, you know you can't land on the surface with a, with a whole C, uh, or even a whole E or a whole D. Right. And and so you may have to go ahead and take that item, transport it to an Argo. It's going to be a whole bunch of Argos, because last I checked, the Argo only has three 32-unit uh, 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 slots, right? Only three of them, I believe. It's three 32 years. So, so most thing carries is 96 uh, okay. SCU, yeah. So, right. So, it's three 32-unit slots, and you got a lot of those 32 units. So, you're going to have to have a whole bunch of mm -hmm. uh, Argos just taking stuff and, and transporting down. It's all about logistics. Yeah. Um, and, and I you mean, but do you think it'll go security. to that level? I mean, do you think it will go to manually if I want to load my whole C? Okay, here, here's what I'm wondering. Possibility. Will it be if I pay NPCs, it takes longer? If I pay humans, it can happen faster. I mean, it's a it's a possibility. I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, I'm just saying, it's got to be a pro and con. If I don't have any friends yeah. to help me load up, I got to get somebody to do it. So that, and I know they've talked about NPCs doing it, hiring right. NPCs. Well, but that's it, why I said, you know, mm -hmm. that's why I re refer back to that video that they put out because if you can do that on a, on a surface level to get a whole C to be uh, prepared for uh, inventory, uh, incoming inventory when they land at the station, is it going to be the same way when you're at the station and you drop off the package? Will it be, would it, would it automatically be down there waiting for you at Lowerville? No, you I'm know, saying no, I'm saying like no, I'm, I'm saying no. I'm, I'm talking about ultimately, because I know there's going right. to be tier, you know, tier zero of everything, right? Building up to it. I'm saying, right. do you think it'll ever get to the point where it's a totally physicalized manual operation? Yeah. Okay. Calrati, what possibly, do you think? possibly. Um, whew, that will be. That's a really good question because it will definitely depend on the can be made present. Uh, but I think uh, CIG will open the door up uh, and allow us to be able to do something like that. Um, if they actually introduce something like that a little too early, uh, not many players may. I mean, who knows? Maybe players will rely on their buddies to that. Um, but depending on the speed at which uh, a cargo deck, or rather, who knows, maybe depending on the amount of NPCs may exist at a cargo deck, um, it may be wor more worthwhile hiring or asking NPCs to do it versus asking players to do it. Um, because, I mean, who knows, maybe NP there may be more NPCs virtually existing at a, at a, at a cargo deck um, versus, let's say, um, in Stanton versus um, NPCs existing at a cargo deck in at a at a pyro station, right? right? Um, so maybe it will be more worthwhile having their buddies actually load that um, that cargo at pyro, um, more defense, more potential defense there um, from their buddies. That is um, versus 
at a, at, a, um, at, a, at a cargo deck in Stanton because there may be more NPCs that may, may exist okay. virtually so, so at me, a cargo deck. Let me give you right. a sample ship because Colossal mentioned this ship earlier, the Argo Raft. The right. reason why I can tell you it's going to be manual is because they put a freaking tractor beam on the back of that sucker with a tractor <laughs> yeah. beam station, right? Mm -hmm. So we can talk automated all we want. I mean, that's we know that's going to happen, right? You push yeah. the button and stuff's going to jump on there at some point. Yeah. But at some point, you can see they have in their mind somebody's operating that freaking tractor beam, loading yeah. three of those 32 SCU boxes onto this thing, right? Yeah. And so you see what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I'm just saying what there has to be some type of Pro and con as to why I would use NPC over humans. Because if it's always NPC, maybe mm. it's the bucks, right? Maybe it's how much money is it going to cost? Maybe it costs me I way mean. more money, or maybe it takes more time versus if I hire this guy who's living at the station and, hey, you know, this guy says, hey, you want me to load your stuff? I got the ship. Let me know here. I'll have you loaded in 10 minutes. You know, NPCs may take 30 minutes, <laughs> you know. I'm just kind of curious as to how this station yeah. living people can make money on the station. You know, and I'm going to find a way to knock you off in your NPC stat, you know, Mo. I'm going to find a way, you know, hey, hey, for less, for, you know, but I'm going to sit there and say, hey, okay, fine. I'll undercut the NPC and uh -huh. I'll get it done for in, 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 in a better time. Mm -hmm. And yes, it may be a little bit less for me, but I may build that reputation with you to the point to where I may be able to, um, you know, do better just by transporting your ship. And the other ship that I want to bring into to the, to the fray um, before Carol makes his point would be the Banu Merchantman. We know the Banu Merchantman can land on the on the on the surface with cargo. Well, you got to bring that ship up. That, that, <laughs> we up at the station. We up at so the station. Don't be going down to the Banu Merchantman. That's true. At the dock. Well, 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 land it right on the ground. Well, with your little pioneer down okay, there. Okay, let me let and me, go ahead and reinforce the pioneer uh, with equipment. I'm just giving fast cart uh, a little bit praise. That, you know, so I mean, you, you never know. I'm I'm gonna say this. I have yet to see how you load the Banu Merchantman. Now that's what I'm curious to see, because wait, 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 wait. Now hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. I understand how you could load it up when you're on the surface. I have not seen how you load that ship when it's in space dock. So that's just me, because it's got a ramp on the bottom. You ain't loading stuff up on that ramp in space in zero g. So I'm I'm waiting to see. Everybody thinks that that bad new merchantman is the fix all of all. I ain't talking about the ramp. I ain't talking about yeah. the ramp you walk up. I'm talking about the one that lowers down from the cargo deck. Is there a ramp? How do you how do you get a big boxes on the Banu Merchantman? I'm I, I'm still fluxed on that ship. That's just well, we, me. We don't know. They may have tracked it. What we've seen in concept was they do have things that go ahead and and, and go down, grab it, and bring it back. He up. just had to bring okay. up that Banu Merchantman, Carolina. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> all it is. I'm trying to make Fast Cart happy and let him know that he has missed on this show. I'm, I'm trying to tell Fast Cart. I'm trying to talk Fast Cart to selling me that Banu Merchantman for two fifty because he ain't gonna. <laughs> you know, that shit ain't gonna be all he thinks it is. That's all I gotta say. Oh, he ain't gonna be driving by itself. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the one we're giving away, people. By that's the way. The truth. That's the truth. Um, yeah, but you get what I'm saying, though. I'm saying that, you know, they yeah. put some things in the game that implies that they do want some manual level of labor. And I do wonder, like other ships that we didn't talk about, Colossal, the Starfare, right, for delivery, yeah. for, for refining, mining, trade, cargo. There's the there's not just fuel, but there's uh, liquids. There's other things. It has. And we did a show a little while back when we were doing our industrial strength series on the uh, Starfarers and the Geminis, right. they have cargo pods, not just the pods for fuel, right? So we could even yeah. see those being ships that are going in and out of cargo areas as well, you know. Um, 
Okay, let's anything else in relation to industry in relation to space station guys? I think this is where Tony Z's uh quantum gonna come into play. Yeah. Yeah. Um especially with with regards to the whole manual. Um, you know, if there's some kind of high demand and you know the specific service speaking comes up for let's say, okay, there's a heightened need mm -hmm. for refined goods or these kind of commodities, then I think that is also going to be something that's going to entice players to um, be drawn more to the manual loading of things rather than NPCs, depending on the costs, times, and all those things. Yeah, yeah, good point. Threk is like, yeah, I know the merchant's got a crane and all that other stuff, but I'm talking about zero G loading. That's the thing I'm curious about with the merchantman. Uh, and maybe there is some avenue of doing it. I don't know. Uh, but at a station, I don't know how you're going to load it. I, I get how you can load it on a planet surface. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know how they can do it in zero G. So we'll have to go back and look at the pictures again and see. Uh, he says, didn't show the lift fitting a 30, yeah, 32 SCU size box. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, yeah, I'm, I am curious. I know I'm dashing fast cards hopes in relation to that merchantman right now, but I'm just, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen with that. Um, well, anyway, we wanted to kind of, again, to this week, kind of share with you guys the idea of living on a station. People talk about living on their ships, talk about living in a landing zone, living at their base that they're going to build. But the question is, will there be people who literally play the game or find ways to play the game by just being at a space station, you know? Whether it's, as we just mentioned, helping with cargo, whether it's selling, doing their trading from those areas. Uh, we know that the, there are plenty of people who are in industry, they're going to be refining and doing their mining from there. We know there may be orgs that may operate out of certain uh, space stations. Uh, but we'll have to see where the, you know, the direction of where that goes. Right, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give Reload a little prop. I mean, he has okay. to test custodial services. He says he's going to go ahead and, clean and, and, and do some custodial work. He could be at one of those space stations doing work for you. You know, yeah, he could be, yeah, he yeah. could be, he could be. All right. Time that up. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, um, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. We're going to get ready to do our giveaway. If you guys have not. Uh, signed up for our giveaway. Please do it now. Exclamation point ticket uh, for St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital. We really, really uh, appreciate everyone who has already contributed. Uh, as we mentioned, this is because we hit our $1,000 mark last week. We are right now at $1,076. Thank you guys so much. You've already begun to move us up toward our $2,000 milestone mark, which we hope we will hit fairly soon as well. Don't forget to put an exclamation point ticket. We are going to be giving away the Chairman's Club package, which includes a concierge Chairman's Club bag. It includes the concierge Chairman's shirt, the Chairman's hat, Chairman's Club keychain. And I keep feeling like there's one more item. I could be wrong, but you're gonna get us basically a nice little gift package of Chairman's Club stuff. The Aussie Viking. Thank you for that follow. Also, Alka, Alka has, I hope I say that correctly. We missed you when you came in. And Amario, thank you as well. And Arjun1, thank you for the follows as well. We really appreciate you guys doing that, okay? Uh, I think we've got just about everybody in for the giveaway. Uh, so don't forget, exclamation point ticket. We've got 25 entrants in here who are interested. And uh, I think we're going to do the countdown and kick this off. Let me make sure I'm on the right page. So I push the right button here when it's time. Because I always can't find the button when it's time to do it. 
close away giveaway import kids of st jude's guys we would love for that ten thousand dollars to be reached and we would love to mm -hmm. see you get the best the dark horse ship of all ships <laughs> the endeavor this master is set this is preferably we would love you to get fast carts bmm he's oh, there you go too long there you go you want to get fast cart worked up I may be retired by the time the endeavor comes out, but it'll be out. <laughs> All right. We're about to close the giveaway down, guys, and we're going to pick. All right. I think everybody's in who's in on the count. I'm going to count down on the on the closing it down. Three, two, and one. All right. The giveaway has been closed. Cal Roddy, why don't you give me the count, and we'll draw our winner. All right. In three, two, one. Boom. Boom. That docks eight. Fat Docs 8, are you there? Fat Docs 8. Fat Docs 8, you have been called. Congratulations. Let's see if the name popped up. Oh, there's Fat Docs. So there we go. Yes. Fat Docs 8, congratulations. Congratulations. You've got a package worth over $150 of official CIG swag. So if your concierge already, that means you didn't have to buy it. And if you're not concierge, that means you can act like your concierge when you go to CitizenCon. So wear it proudly. That's what we're going to tell you today. Um, what you need to do is contact us, fatdocs at um, soulcitizens at gmail.com. We will need a mailing address for you, a P.O. box where this will be shipped to you. It will be coming directly from CIG, not from us. So uh, please, once again, soulcitizens at gmail.com. Or you can DM us in Twitch uh, to our soul citizens. I'm the only person that gets that. And I will make sure that you get your uh, winnings right away. Uh, well, well, based on CIG, if you ever order from CIG, it all depends on when it gets there because... Oh. It's usually international travel. So it's usually there within a week or two. So at the most, but if they're in stock, if they're in stock, it usually doesn't take that long. So we are going to be sending it out to you. So once again, congratulations, Fat Stock. Send that to us and we'll get that out to you. Okay. Um, I think that's it. We have hit everything for the show this week, guys. Uh, let's talk about what we've got coming up uh, next week. Oh, you know what? We've got a couple things to talk about. Thing number one, July 15th, we are back. 2953, the Star Citizen Virtual Bar Citizen. We will be hosting this again on, in two, not next Saturday, but the Saturday following, July 15th. There'll be two sessions again. If you've never participated in this, we do a virtual bar citizen. We started doing these during COVID uh, to allow for people to be able to connect once again within the Star Citizen community. And they went off and took off so well that we continue to do them uh, as a means for a lot of folks who don't have the ability to go to a star, a bar citizen, rather, maybe there's no bar citizen in their area, or maybe there's some reason physically why they can't attend a bar citizen or the money isn't there for them to travel to one. So we have a virtual one. And when we have the virtual one, we have folks from all over the world that sit in on it. Folks from Germany, folks from uh, Asia, folks from Australia, folks in the UK, folks here in the United States. And quite often we have folks from CIG who also join us for these events. And we do giveaways, we do trivia, we have a lot of fun. You get to make some new friends. You get to put faces with voices. We do this via Zoom. Uh, you don't have to turn on your camera, but we encourage people to do it because we get to know folks just like as if you went to a bar citizen. You wouldn't be wearing a bag over your head like they do in Hurston with Colossal. You would, people would be able to see your face. Happy so we give it to you. So, Trying to protect you. <laughs> so uh, we want to encourage you guys. It's, it's a free event. 
Uh, there are two sessions. There's a morning session for those folks across the pond to make it easier on them. It goes from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern time. We take a one-hour break, and then we kick it off again from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. You can come to one. You can come to both. But we have a real, 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 real fun time. So we want to encourage you guys to sign up for that. There's the barcodes up there. You will start seeing these ads go out uh, this week on our Twitter. So if you follow Soul Citizens on Twitter, uh, you might also see Yacht Club putting information out on this. You can sign up for free on there, and we look forward to seeing you guys there for that. Okay? All right. Next up, let's see. Am I hitting the right thing? Nope, I'm hitting the wrong thing. Did that. There we go. And, of course, that didn't come up at all. <laughs> oh, there it goes. A little delay to it. All right. Uh, Cal Roddy, can you talk about what's going on Thursday? And, Colossal, can you take what's going on next Saturday? All right. Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, we have all the dates. Cal Roddy, you're uh, cutting yeah. out for some reason. I don't know why you're oh, chopping up on your audio. Try one man, more time. My ISP. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Oh, it's probably FC. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no problem. Go ahead. Everything's going wrong. So Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we have Soul Talk where we talk all the updates, CIG, Star Citizen week. We talk about, we go over Star Citizen Live, we go over ISC, we go over a whole bunch of things, monthly report, roadmap, this week in Star Citizen, sneak peek, and of course, we have Machinima, and we always, always highlight some person's videos, um, you know, that's been published to the community. So check us out free totally welcome to join us you know voice your opinions or just come join the gang and and you know just chill with us so yeah okay cool all right and on saturdays is our soul voices where we go ahead and we take uh, things from the community uh as well as information from reddit and other types of social media that we go ahead and discuss we bring in the community uh as well to have conversations as well um, along with our Soul Citizens cast. So please come and join us on Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Um, and uh, I believe we got something special going. Is it this Saturday? Yeah, the 50th. The, with, you can tell about the 50th, yeah. yeah. The 50th show with the, uh, we're doing our 50th show and uh, of uh, Soul Voices, and we're bringing in the player haters. So there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of player haters that, that's, that from the beginning, the new, the old, they're all coming <laughs> in to help uh, celebrate for soul voices so please come in and enjoy it's also uh, uh, uh like a tri-podcast that we have as well we start off with soul, soul voices and then it goes over to paul shelley later on that that that, uh, that evening the early evening mm -hmm. and then it finishes off with relay so please come join us it's a very good day uh to talk about star citizen yeah i think the player haters segment will be interesting this is the first time we'll have all the player haters on at the same time. So trust me, Ooh. you don't want to miss this reunion of the player haters. All the player haters will be there uh, this week. And I think we'll have a, a real fun time with our mm. 50th episode uh, next Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. Thank you, Colossal. Um, next week, we're going to be doing our next show is going to be called, <clears throat> pardon me, RSI, robertspaceindustries.com. We are going to actually do an overview of the RSI website, not just in the way it is now, but we're going to talk about how it all got started. And, uh, you know, a lot of areas on the website that people either don't know about, forgot about, don't use, or whatever the case may be. So we're going to talk about that, Spectrum, the Galactopedia, all types of cool stuff next week. Uh, if you want to become more familiar with the website, if you want to learn the history of the website, we are going to talk about that. And we're going to even talk about what needs to be better on the website, because it definitely needs some improvement. 
But trust me, y'all should have been around in the beginning. This sucker is immaculate comparison to what it used to be <laughs> back in the day. Back in the day, it was a real hot mess. So hopefully you guys will be able to uh, join us uh, for that on next week. Okay. Um, I think other than that, that's it. We are at the end of our show. Thank you guys again for all your support. Thank you for the donations to St. Jude Children's Hospital. Uh, thank you again for all the, all the subscriptions, the follows, the bits, everything. We really appreciate you guys being here today. Don't forget to check us out on social media. We've got plenty of social media platforms that you guys can check us out on. Um, and, uh, we're on everything. So soul citizens, uh, SOL citizens, you'll find us everywhere. Uh, to my co-hosts, to Cal Roddy, to, uh, Colossal. Appreciate you guys being here today. They always share great information. Fast card, thanks for moderating out there for us. And thank you, everybody, once again, for being here with us. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys real soon. We're going to be setting up a raid and going to, okay, you just changed up on me, alternate. Uh, I don't know if alternate means to change, but I, I are we still good with dark hour, fast card? Let me know, because that's who I have a setup for. I already punched him in, so. Uh, he's not saying anything yet. I know he's got a little bit of a delay. I guess we're okay with dark hour. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and go with Dark Hour. When you guys get over there, send some love, peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys real soon. Take care. And uh, have a great week. For those of you who are in the States are celebrating uh, Independence Day, have a great time, okay? We'll see you then. Take care. Peace. Adios. <laughs> Happy New Year.